Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. You're in the right spot because it's about time for that DWMOD 2023 NFL Draft Special. Here it comes, man. Let's go. This is DWMOD. As always, I'm your host, Mikey Wilson. Stay with me now. Hey, the Pistons are scrappy, but it's quickly looking like we got all our balls in that lottery bag. Down! Hut! 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 Hey, it's 2023, and they still haven't put Sweet Lou Whitaker in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Knock it off. Ready? Oh, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid. Super Bowl! Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut! Hut! For everybody that was laughing at Dan Campbell, he has delivered everything that he has promised. And now the NFL world is bathing in the grit and drinking the Kool-Aid of the Detroit Lions. The man is the coach of the year. Everybody's up in arms about a college football playoff expansion. Make it eight, make it ten, make it sixteen, it doesn't matter. In five years, the two super conferences known as the SEC and the B1G will have their own individual playoffs, and those two teams will meet in the college Super Bowl. Bet on it. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. All right, everybody. Hey, it's that time of year, man. You know we're going to do this every single year. So the whole episode this week, guys, you know is going to revolve around everything NFL draft. And that's including our quick hits. And we're going to go head-to-head with Mel Kuyper again this year like we've done the last couple of years. And if you remember, uh, he beat us up pretty bad on the direct picks last year, meaning uh, every time he got the exact player that a team was going to pick. I think he did that seven times in the first round last year. And we only did like four. Now, seven, is a, that's a lot, man. You may think that's not a lot out of 32 picks, but that is a lot of direct hits in the first round. And again, we only got four. But... When you flip to the other side of the coin and you went by exact position, like if we nailed the exact position the team was going to draft but didn't get the player, now he did that nine times and we did it seven. So, I mean, just goes to show you that the experts in this thing, they know a lot more about this, but it's mayhem every year and we never know where these front offices are going to go. So, you know, take what they say with a grain of salt and listen to what we're about to tell you right now and it probably lands somewhere in the middle. One thing I can promise you every single year, guys, and you know if you've been listening, is my draft is going to be a lot different than a lot of those other mock drafts you see out there. I do not approach this from a fan's standpoint. I'm looking at every single pick as if I was a GM. What does that team need? Where are they at financially? Where are they at on being ready to compete this year? Things like that. So my draft will look a lot different than some of those other sites you might follow on social media, especially the ones that are like Detroit Sports this or Detroit Sports that. And these guys, you know, they're like reporters with their, let's be honest, clickbait because they know how the game works. They get a lot. They put some crazy headlines out there like Richardson looks like he's going to be the pick at six so that you click it because you're like, no, why? What? Why? And, you know, once you get into reading it, you realize, oh, yeah, there's no substance here. This is made up to get me to click it because that's how you make money in this thing. The more clicks you get, the more money you get. But I'm telling you, we stick to the promise here at DWMOD. You're not going to get that from us. You're going to get an honest take. I'm going to give you what we really think and what we're really going to feel about the draft. 
it's going to be fun. It's going to be all over the place. And I promise you, it's not just going to be some half cock regurgitation of McShay's last draft. Now, we all know the Detroit Lions have two picks in the first round. And, you know, we know that they're heavily looking at probably cornerbacks, but more importantly, the defensive line on the interior. And I'm going to give you this quick fact before we start the draft. There are five cornerbacks that are listed in the top 32 on most big boards. So there are five legitimate first-round corners in this draft. There are also three legitimate defensive interior linemen that are in the top 25 on most big boards for interior defensive linemen. So there is plenty for the lines to pick from right here for what we need. This is going to be exciting. And as always, guys, we're going to have to give you a few knock-it-offs right here because there is some stuff with the draft that irritates me every single year, and they just need to knock it off. All right, everyone, time to do me a favor and knock it off. First on the list this year is everybody talking about the Lions are going to draft Richardson. Oh, let's get Richardson at six. Hey, what if Richardson falls to us at six? Knock it off with that clickbait, man. This front office and this head coach are not interested in drafting a project quarterback. We're ready to try and win right now. All right, everyone. Time to do me a favor and knock it off. We got to stop with the quarterback hype train. I mean, it seems to be getting worse every single year, no matter what. And I get it. It's the toughest position to draft. You have to get one if you want to win. you got to nail that. But every year, it seems like we're pumping up these guys that just are not top five picks, man. I mean, they tried to sell it to us last year on Malik Willis, right? And the guy fell to the third round because GMs realize, listen, I get it. you got good PR people. Your agent's good. You, you got everybody on ESPN talking about you. you got all these fans on the Reddit board talking about how great this guy is with that throw that was the other way on his pro day and all that. These front offices understand, and I don't think they're all jumping and clamoring to try to give up draft picks upon draft picks to move up to spot number three to take the third best quarterback in a mediocre quarterback draft class. Now, I get it. That is the recipe for the Super Bowl. We've talked about it on this show. We laid that out before and we agree with it is to get a quarterback on a rookie deal or to get a inexpensive quarterback that is good enough while you have him on that inexpensive deal, building up the team around him and spending that money. That's how you get to the Super Bowl. But teams are starting to realize that within that recipe now, based on what the San, the San Diego, what the Los Angeles Chargers have done, right? They went and got Herbert. They got him on the rookie deal. But the rest of the team wasn't ready to go forward yet. And now where are they? Looking to have to pay him a big money deal before they were ready to make their run. And I think teams are learning from that. And, and you know, far be it from me to say, or exciting as it may sound, people might be learning something from what the Detroit Lions did. Okay, we don't need to rush out and get a quarterback. Everybody wanted us to trade up and go get Justin Fields. We, okay, you got to have a quarterback. And they were like, no, because whoever we bring in right now is going to suck because we suck. We need to build this thing up from the inside out, get a good team, then get that quarterback on the rookie deal. I don't even think we're clamoring to try to bring in a quarterback this year. Maybe in the second or third round, we'll see. But we sure as hell ain't trying to take one at six and probably not at 18, unless something miraculous happens. All right, everyone. Time to do me a favor and knock it off. All right, all that being said, guys, it is time to get into it. 
All right. So let's just start right at the top because where else would you start? All right. Pick number one, Carolina Panthers. Okay. They got this pick from the Bears. And hey, we've been on the record. You've been following us. I mean, the Bears really kind of blew this, I think. I mean, yeah, they needed to trade down. And that's what they think they needed to trade down. And it was a good little deal. I mean, you know, they swap first rounders this year. They pick up a second rounder next year, first rounder next year. You know, they got some stuff in the deal, but I stand by what I said. They could have got a lot more draft capital if they had just moved Justin Fields and, you know, collected a couple of more picks this year, another first rounder next year to go with the eight picks. They already have nine picks I already have going on. They could have got a ton of draft picks out of this thing and reset the clock at quarterback because they're looking to have to pay Justin Fields after next season. Now, I don't know where their plan is going forward with that. He hasn't really shown us a whole lot. I know a lot of people think this guy's going to be a star. I'm off him. I would have traded him. They could have got two first-rounders and a couple second-rounders. But that being said, they didn't do it, and the Panthers are on the clock. It doesn't look like it's any secret at all. They're in love with Bryce Young. That's where all the signs are pointing. That's where all the Vegas odds are pointing. And I'm telling you, Vegas can tell you a lot of stuff because they don't like to get it wrong. Looks like it's going to be Bryce Young here, guys, but you know where I'm at with this draft class of quarterbacks. I think it's C.J. Stroud or down. If you ain't getting C.J. Stroud, just hold off and wait to get down the list because these other three guys, not that sold on. Look, I get it. Richardson's got a huge ceiling. He may be a star. That's great. Could happen. Will Levis could happen. To me, Stroud's the guy that's ready to go, but the Panthers, with the first pick, are going to take Bryce Young. Quarterback, Alabama. Number two, the Houston Texans on the clock. Now, they're bad. Okay, they're bad, and quarterback is a huge need for them, but they say they like Mills. Now, I don't really believe them on that, not even a little bit, but as we just discussed, I think the Houston Texans understand they are not ready to win right now so why jump the gun and take Stroud when they're three or four years away from being any damn good and then you got to pay him it just goes against everything and he's not I don't know he's not a generational guy it ain't like you're passing up on Peyton Manning right so go ahead and take defense right here all right or better yet trade down I know that they probably would like to if they could get a few for number two but I don't think they're going to be able to I think they're going to stick right here and I think the pick for them is Will Anderson Jr. Edge linebacker hybrid whatever you want to call him out of Bama number three the Arizona Cardinals now this appears to be the top trade spot and a lot of mock drafts and a lot of talk all over ESPN and all the other sports networks this seems to be the spot for teams that want a quarterback and feel that they need to get in front of Indianapolis because Indianapolis has been on the record. We're taking a quarterback. Enough of this patch job trying to bring a veteran in. We're drafting a quarterback. And it could be mayhem at number three after Houston passes on all the quarterbacks and goes defense. Somebody's going to try to move in front of the Colts, maybe. Maybe not. I'm going to stand on what I said before, and I don't think a lot of these GMs are going to be clamoring to give up a ton of picks to move up to get one of these quarterbacks in this draft this year. I think the Cardinals are kind of stuck. They're probably asking too much. They're going to have to stay put, and when they do, they're going to address what they need, and it's going to be defensive lineman Jalen Carter, Georgia. Number four, here we go, the Indianapolis Colts, man, and the sources say they like Richardson. They love him. But that's because most of the mock drafts have Young and Stroud already gone by this point, right? All right, there's a lot to think about there. 
a lot of the top paid analysts think that it's more than likely the Colts are going to try to move up one spot so nobody can jump in front of them and they can get who they want at quarterback. But I just don't see that happening. Like if they're that worried about it and they know Houston's looking to either trade down or maybe even go defense, looks like all the signs are pointing toward defense. Why not just make your trade and go right up to two and get who you want, especially if Stroud's still available? I really think if the Colts move mountains and give up picks to move up a spot or two to go get Richardson, it's going to be a bad move. I don't think that's going to go well for you. That's just too high a price to pay. And here's why. I think if they just stay put at number four, this thing's going to play out where they're going to have their choice between Richardson and Stroud. And if Stroud's still there, the Colts should take him. So that's what I'm going to say. Colts stay put, stay four and get C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Number five, Seattle. Another hot spot that people think Richardson's going to go here. He can sit behind Geno, yada, yada. Doesn't sound like Pete Carroll to me, guys. They need defensive line. They need pass rush in the NFC West, and they're going to address that. And let me tell you, the talk out of Seattle says that, and the Vegas odds are telling you that, man. I don't think that it's any kind of... Well, it's not a secret. It's out, man. The odds are they're going to take Tyree Wilson here from Texas Tech. Dude's a freak. It's a solid pick. Seattle thinks they can still compete like they did last year and maybe take a step forward. It's Tyree Wilson, Edge, Texas Tech. Number six, Detroit Lions, home team, and here we go, guys. I know everybody listening to this up to this point is I'm crazy. They're mad. You probably busted your computer your phone listening to the fact that the three guys we really would like to have are already gone by this point. But I think that's the reality. You're all getting your information from these clickbait fan news place outlets. And let me tell you why those places are so successful. Because they tell you what you want to hear, man. Just like everything else on TV and politics and news, they're telling you what you want to hear. And Lions fans want to hear Carter or Anderson is going to fall to us. And let me tell you this. If they do, then that's phenomenal. Draft those guys. Take them. It'll be great. I'm in love with that as well. But I just don't think it's a reality. Now, before we move forward with what we are pretty certain the Lions are going to do here position-wise, position-wise, we just want to take a moment here to gloat a little bit. I know it's not a good color on us, guys. We don't do it a whole lot. But you know what? Who doesn't like it when they're really, really right about something, man? And years ago, if you were listening to this show, we were clamoring for a trade of Matt Stafford. And not because we hated him. We love him. Okay? I love Matt Stafford. He's one of the greatest Lions of my lifetime, man. And the guy was a great Detroiter. Yeah, Detroiter. Ingrained himself in the city. Wanted to be here. Did a lot of great things. Listen, I don't need to go on and on. We love Matt Stafford. But we were all over it years ago. The only way to fix this thing is to trade him for a bunch of draft picks, get a coach in here that's going to change the culture, do not draft any offensive megastar quarterback garbage anymore, build this thing from the inside out, get the interiors going, get some superstars out on the edge, wide receivers, things like that. We've done that, okay? They built the thing up the right way. And it's just the exact plan we laid out on the show years ago. And then the following season, they pulled the trigger, they made the trade, and it's all playing out just like we said, man. So I feel good about that. Everybody likes it when they're right. Now, 
Here we are. So that being said, we got to approach this thing like a real GM, right? We can't just trust the fact that Kuiper says we're probably going to get Anderson and McShay says Carter's going to fall to us. Reality is, those are two of the best defensive players in this draft and two of the best players in this draft. They're probably gone right now. And the defensive player a lot of people think is third best on the defensive front is Wilson. And he just went to Seattle one pick before us. So now what? Where do we go? Now, you know we went hard on the secondary and free agency, right? We brought in corners. We brought guys in safety. We're ready to go in the secondary. That being said, Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois, is a special, special player. And we could use a guy like that in the secondary that was bad last year. But I know we all have shell shock about drafting a corner so high because we just did it a few years ago, and then we just dumped that guy for a fifth-round pick. I get that. I'm not a giant fan of taking corner right here either. But if we did, we did, and I'd live with it. I don't think that's what we're going to do. The front office has let it leak to the public and made it pretty damn public that we are going to stick to the plan and take a defensive lineman, Kalijah Kansi, out of pit. That's who I think we land in the sixth spot. At number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders have needs everywhere. Now, this is also a hot spot for Richardson, and he's still on the board in my draft. This would be a spot I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders took him, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think with Witherspoon still being on the board, and they have a desperate need at corner. They don't even have a legitimate starting corner on the team. They're going to need a corner big time in the AFC West, and I don't think they're going to pass him up. And I think they're going to go with DeMond Witherspoon, corner, Illinois. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, here again, this is a team that could also take Richardson if they wanted to. But more likely, it's going to be an edge player for the Falcons because they feel they can compete for the division right now. And if they want to do that, they need to improve drastically at rushing the passer because they're, quite frankly, terrible at it. Now, their offseason moves would tend to prove my point here. They've gone out and brought in a lot of free agents. They feel they can win right now. So that doesn't scream to me that they're ready to draft a project quarterback in the eighth spot. I don't think so. They go edge. They go Miles Murphy, Clemson. The number nine pick, the Chicago Bears. Well, Bears fans, here you are. You're sitting at nine, and if you moved all the way down to nine off of number one, then you are saying, we are rolling with Justin Fields. He is our guy, and if he's your guy, this is a no-brainer. You need to go offensive line. Now, I know all the knuckleheads out there are saying, do like Cincinnati. They went out and got his receiver for him from LSU. Let's put him with Najigma. Get Najigma. Bring him in and put him with Fields. That'd be the dumbest thing you ever did. You better start protecting this kid or you're going to be in trouble. Don't overthink it. Do the right thing. Do the kid right. Go ahead and get Peter Skorinski tackle Northwestern. And I'm sorry, I think it's pronounced Skoronsky. Now here's the number nine pick, and this one is pretty interesting. The Eagles. Okay, the Eagles have had I don't know, an interesting offseason to say the least. You saw a lot of guys off a Super Bowl team jump and ship. You saw a huge contract given out to Jalen Hurts. They are committed to the dude, and I think it's a great call. Now, in the midst of all those defections, running back seems to be the biggest talk here and the biggest need for the Eagles. A lot of people would think that, but a lot of people also don't realize or pay attention to defensive secondaries, right? The Eagles lost both starting safeties. That's huge. Also, 
They addressed the running back situation slightly. They got like a three-headed monster. I think they're going to go with. They brought in Trey Sermon now. They've got Rashad Penny, and they really, really liked where Gainwell was at the end of the season and how he was playing down the stretch. So I think that they're okay at running back in their own mind, or if at the very least, 10 is too early to be grabbing Bijan for them. I really think this pick here is going to be the safety out of Alabama, Brian Branch. Number 11, the Tennessee Titans. Another hot pick. A lot of talk that the Titans are going to try to move up to that three spot to try to get themselves a quarterback. And look, Tannehill's probably not the long-term future there anymore. We all know that. There's rumor mills that they'd like to move him. There's rumor mills they could move up in the draft, draft a quarterback. There's rumors that they could trade Tannehill in the draft to move up a little bit. I don't even know how that plays out. There's a ton of rumors around the quarterback position in Tennessee. But let me say this. Tannehill's not the greatest quarterback in the world, but quarterback is nowhere near the biggest problem for a team who feels they are still on the fence of being able to compete and make a run at things here. They're built to run the ball and play defense. King Henry's going to be ready to roll this year, and I really think that the Titans are probably looking at the offensive line here. But that being said, there are eight offensive linemen in the top 32 on most big boards this year, right? And you're picking again at 41. So why not take a shot on Richardson here? He's available in my draft. He's sitting right here. I mean, your team's built to run, so RPO-style offense would fit in a little bit for him. I mean, you know, he's not going to play this year right away, but that doesn't play to the fact that you think you're competitive right now, all right? I don't think the Titans make a move to go get Richardson or Levis. If they're sitting here, which they are in mine, I wouldn't be shocked to see him draft them. But more likely, I think they're going to go offensive linemen, Paris Johnson, tackle out of Ohio State. Just makes sense. Number 12, the Houston Texans. Now, this is their second pick in the top 12. And I got to tell you, this is my biggest long shot odds that this thing could play out this way. But boy, would it land right in the Texans' lap with this pick that they got from Cleveland that they could replace Watson by picking Richardson right here, right? I mean, things would look really good for them if they're smart and they're patient with that number two pick and realize they don't need to stretch for a quarterback now, grab the best defensive player. I think Richardson or Levis could fall right in their lap here at 12. I really don't think we're going to see four quarterbacks in the top five. So on a long shot, give me the Texans at 12, landing Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. Picking number 13 is the Green Bay Packers because they swapped with the Jets just yesterday, guys, and that's why we always wait to put this thing out at the last minute. Now, there's a lot riding on this pick because the Packers have traded away Rodgers, they are giving the keys to love, and they never draft offense in the first round, but they better this year because they need to get this kid something. They need to get this kid something to get this offensive going, and Look, all signs point to tight end, right? What's a young quarterback's best friend is a great tight end. And Kincaid would make a ton of sense right here. He really would. But I don't think they're going to do that. Because Smith and the Jigma is still on the board right here. And they want to get a game-breaking, sure-handed weapon for love to use. And what better way to rub it in Rodgers' face than to go wide receiver in the first round like they never would for him. The Packers choose explosion and a chance of points over consistency of completions for 8 to 10 yards, and they take the wide receiver, Smith Najigba, Ohio State. 
Number 14, the New England Patriots. Okay, wide receiver and offensive tackle are huge needs here. Okay, but they've already addressed the wide receiver thing in the offseason. But let me just take a minute here to explain that they got a clown. Okay, Uh, you know how we feel about Juju Smith-Schuster and his stupid videos after the Super Bowl and just the guy's a clown. He's a clown. But I bring that up to say this. We we would all have to agree that I think Belichick is kind of just he's rolling over a bit and ready to just be out the door because he would have never gone for bringing in a clown with a sideshow of social media like this guy. Belichick hates social media. This would have been a guy he would have never brought in, and they did. Anyway, that signing leads me to believe they're not going to go for a wide receiver right here. And it could be an offensive line move because I think bringing in Riley Reef just isn't enough and this is the year they need mac and cheese to really look good and figure out what they've got with him so that being said there's a pretty good tight end still on the board right here dalton kincaid is still available and i think they go out and get mac and cheese his gronk dalton kincaid tight end utah number 15 the new york jets from green bay in the swap now guys this one's a slam dunk you don't even need to think about it we don't need to take a lot of time on it the jets are loaded on defense this is not going to be a defensive pick they have a lot of great young wide receivers for Rodgers to throw the ball to they got Brees hall coming back in the backfield they are going to be good just about everywhere and they are going to get their aging quarterback an offensive lineman they are going to get him offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia and it's a steal at 15 at number 16 is the Washington Commanders and here is going to be my second biggest shock of the draft I don't think the Commanders need to move around a whole lot to get one of these quarterbacks I think Will Levis is going to land to them at 16 and nobody grabbed him yet and they're going to take him why because he's there and Howell's probably not the guy. Now, they need a lot of help in the secondary, but I'm telling you what, this just this not going to be the move here. They've been trying to figure out quarterback for quite a few years. Will Levis, quarterback, Kentucky. Number 17, Pittsburgh Steelers. They need some offensive linemen for sure. There's no doubt about that. This is not your typical Steelers offensive line. They could use some help there, but they need secondary just as bad, if not more. Okay, they lost cornerback Cam Sutton to Detroit in this offseason, and they signed Patrick Peterson. Now, I think that they doubled down on that investment of Patrick Peterson, and they take one of these good young cornerbacks to learn from Patrick Peterson. Now, Gonzalez is still available and on the board, and he's phenomenal, and Banks is a freak. He's an athletic freak, and he's still available. But I think they go with Joey Porter Jr., man, because why not? They keep it in the family. It's a great story. But more importantly, he's the one corner in this draft that is the best press corner. This is a physical, physical guy. This guy is a Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back. It's the AFC North. It's great when you can run and cover, but you better be able to come up and punch somebody in the mouth. Joey Porter Jr., corner, Penn State. Now, here we go with the Detroit Lions again at 18, and the hotness right here is B. John Robinson. And I'll tell you what, if he's available here and they take him, I'm not going to be upset by that at all. We could use the help in the backfield. Montgomery's been pretty injury-prone his whole career. So has Swift. Swift's in the last year of his deal. I could see them going out and getting B. John right here, and I wouldn't be upset by it. But stay with me now. Stay with me now. I think this front office is going to do what they said they're going to do, and they're going to stick to the plan. And the plan is defense, guys. 
and especially the defensive line. Now, there's a lot of great moves that they could do right here. There are some great guys on the edge that are still are still left in this draft here. Van Ness is still available. Nolan Smith, edge out of Georgia, he's still available. Okay, but maybe we don't need to go edge right here because we got Hutch, we got Houston. We're feeling decent at that position, and, and then there's better positions we need to address, like defensive tackles, and, and Brian Barisi is still available. Mozzie Smith is still available. Okay, and, and also Corey. Corner. Guys, we already had this talk about corner, right? Now, Christian Gonzalez is still available, and Dante Banks is still available. Well, we could also use a tight end right here, right? We do need a tight end pretty bad, and Mike Meyer is still on the board. These are all needs and would all be good picks. Now, if we take the defensive lineman, Breezy, well, boy, I'll tell you what, man, that would give us two of the top three defensive linemen in the draft. And both of these dudes are big board top 30 guys. It's not a reach. They're both first rounders, man. And they're worthy of the spot. Tight end is a big need, but there's too much chatter out of the building that we're going to be choosing a corner early, right? So if they passed on the corner in the first pick and there's two, three really good corners still left at this spot, I really think they're probably going to take a cornerback right here. And if Christian Gonzalez is still available right now, the Lions just cannot pass that up. So I think that's the pick right here if he's available. Christian Gonzalez, corner out of Oregon. If he's not and we get Barisi, that would be great. Number 19, the Tampa Bay Bucks, And let's not spend all day on the Bucks here, guys. It's offensive line all day for the Bucks. Stay with me now. Baker Mayfield is happy down in the Bay. And it's Darnell Wright, Tennessee offensive tackle. Number 20, Seattle Seahawks on the board again. Now, they went defense. They got the edge guy in the first round at number five. Now, Geno Smith needs a tight end, guys. That's exactly what this offense needs. They know they can run the ball with Walker. They know what they're doing offensively. He needs a tight end. The wide receivers speak for themselves up there. Gino needs a tight end. And Mike Meyer is still on the board, available out of Notre Dame. A lot of people think he's the best tight end in the draft. He's still available at 20, and the Seahawks take him. Mike Meyer, tight end, Notre Dame. The Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, man, they need help on defense, and that's a fact. Their biggest need on defense is a linebacker. But, guys, the only linebacker that's available on big boards that's anywhere near a first-round pick is Drew Sanders out of Arkansas, but that's just too big a stretch to take him at number 21 over a guy like Brian Barisi, who we just discussed a few picks ago. They need help on that defensive line. This guy's available. He's legit, and the Chargers are going to take him. Now, keep your eye on this, though. There are some rumors rumbling around, and Andy Sinclair and I talked about it, about B. John Robinson maybe going here because Eckler being unhappy with the Chargers. I don't know if they'll do that and rock the boat like that, but we'll see. Number 22, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we all know what the Ravens have going on with Lamar Jackson, but hey, we all expect that he's going to be playing here. Nobody's making that trade. He'll be playing for the Ravens again. Now, there's a lot of talk that the Ravens, at this spot in the draft, could swipe a really top-tier wide receiver to go along with Odell Beckham Jr., make Lamar happy, give him the receivers that everyone claims he's never had. And let me tell you that the Ravens are not going to do that because the Ravens also understand going all in on a bunch of wide receivers doesn't change who Lamar Jackson is. 
They're not going to get the ball over the top down the field. It's not the way the team's built. It's built around RPOs. It's built around runs. It's built around nine hats in the box. It's built around getting quick routes to the outside and once in a while hitting something up the seam. That's the way it's built. They're not drafting anyone at wide receiver right here. But they are going to help Lamar Jackson out pretty big right here. And they're going to draft B. John Robinson running back out of Texas. That's right. They need to. If he's available right here, they have to take him if someone else already didn't. And if he's not available, they better take Gibbs out of Alabama. They need a threat to lighten the load from everybody keying up on Jackson and Jackson having to run so much. So that's the pick right here. Running back B. John Robinson, Texas. Number 23, Minnesota Vikings. Now look, the Vikings, it's pretty simple. They need help in the secondary. They lost Patrick Peterson. Yeah, he's a little long in the tooth, but their biggest need is corner and wide receiver. They lost the line. They need some kind of second threat to put with Justin Jefferson so everybody can't just double him up, and there's a couple of good receivers still left right now. Now, it's not going to be Quentin Johnson out of TCU because he does what Jefferson does, right? It's going to be Zay Flowers out of Boston College or Jordan Addison out of USC, and I think they're going to go with Jordan Addison out of USC. Putting him along Jefferson, that could be a pretty damn good dynamic duo. At number 24, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The surprise of the second half of the season last year, right? But we all know the biggest need for the Jaguars is secondary, secondary, secondary. I mean, they kind of paralleled the Lions down the stretch. Got hot, won a bunch of games, and really were exposed at how bad the secondary was, right? So, I mean, I think it's a pretty no-brainer right here. You got Deontay Banks, who's in the top 10 on some big boards, who is still available right now because there's so many good corners in this draft. So, I'm telling you, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take Deontay Banks, corner, Maryland. At number 25, the New York Giants in my draft are lined up to have something fall right in their lap that they desperately need and that is a wide receiver for their freshly signed quarterback, Daniel Jones. And with the burner out of TCU, Quentin Johnson still on the board, the New York football giants will take wide receiver Quentin Johnson, TCU. Now the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock at 26, and it is clear as day they need interior offensive line more than anything. And the pick here. Should be Osiris Torrance out of Florida. He's the best interior offensive lineman in this draft. It's their biggest need. They need to protect Dak. They need to run the ball a little better in the A and the B gap. This is the pick right here. But it won't be because Jerry is Jerry. And he just lost Zeke. And Jerry's going to replace Zeke. The Cowboys select Jameer Gibbs running back Alabama. Because Jerry does Jerry. The Buffalo Bills are on the clock at 27, and they have the same need that the Cowboys had. They need some beef in the interior offensive line. And since the Cowboys weren't smart enough, I'm going to say the Bills will be, and they are going to take Osiris Torrance out of Florida. You're welcome, Josh Allen. Number 28, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, we all know they need to protect Joey B, and they're pretty decent everywhere else. Offensive tackle, offensive guard is where they need to be going. Now, there's not another interior offensive lineman that's probably worthy of being picked this high in this draft. Not to say that there isn't good ones, but this would be a bit of a stretch when we be picked here. 
Okay, offensive tackle, big need for the Bengals, but in the offseason, they go out and get Orlando Brown Jr. That's a big upgrade. So if they can put a bookend on the other side here, that's going to be huge for the Bengals. And lucky for them, there's another offensive tackle that is still on the board that is a consensus top 30 big board player, and that's their pick. It's Anton Harrison tackle, Oklahoma. At number 29 is the New Orleans Saints. Now, they went out and made their moves in the offseason. They went out and got Carr. They're hoping that they can get the wide receivers healthy and ready to play. I'm looking at you, Thomas. Let's play a whole year. Alvin Kamara, if he can stay healthy the whole year, they're going to be ready to go on offense. They need some help on the edge. So that's why I think it's an easy pick here because, I mean, Lucas Van Ness has slid all the way down to the end of the first round because he took that $100 bill out of the playbook. Am I right? I mean, that's a character issue. He lied about it. He took it. I don't understand. You know they're doing stuff like that. I don't know why he would fall for that. But you know what they say, man. Big bait catches big rat. But I think New Orleans will take a flyer on him here at 29, and the pick will be Lucas Van Ness, Edge, Iowa. At number 30, it's the Eagles picking for the second time in the first round, and the rich get richer. Hey, they've done things right. I mean, they got a ton of picks, and they made a Super Bowl run. What are you going to do about it? Now, like we talked about before, a lot of exodus in the offseason from that Super Bowl team, and a pretty big loss for them, Javon Hargrave, right? Defensive lineman, big fella, run stopper, hole clogger up front. They're going to need to look to replace him right away. So I think this is a spot where the Eagles go out and get their big boy, and it's the big defensive lineman out of Michigan, Mozzie Smith. Guy's a 310-pounder. He's ready to come in and play that interior right now. At number 31, it's the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Now everybody seems to think that the Chiefs are going to go out and get some more play toys for Patrick Mahomes right here, but I don't think that's the case. I really don't. Um... They need some help at edge. They really, really need help on the edge. And Nolan Smith is a top 20 player on a lot of big boards. He's still available. I think they go ahead and take Nolan Smith edge out of Georgia right here over the available wide receivers at this point in the draft. Zay Flowers is probably the best one out there, slot receiver out of Boston College. And honestly, you probably go with the edge rusher at that point. No doubt about it. And that's that. That's all 31 picks in the first round, guys. Now, I know it's crazy. I know it's a bit different from a lot of other uh, mock drafts you've seen. But like I said, I'm not just going to regurgitate other mock drafts. Sat down with this thing, looked at all the team's needs, looked at all the big boards, kind of made a list myself of like all the top players, big boards, where they're landing, what their positions are. And I just went down the list as if I was the GM for every team. Who am I taking? What's best available here? What do I need? And this is the way it landed. So, yeah, some of them are going to be way off, man. But some of them were going to land. Like I said, we had like seven, seven or eight position picks that were nailed uh, last year in the draft. We usually do pretty decent on this thing. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes, though, man. But it is difficult to predict the NFL draft. Lions fans, I hope you're not mad at me. I hope you don't hate me. And like I said, boy, do I hope we land Carter or Anderson or Wilson. That would be phenomenal. I just don't think those guys are going to be available. I just don't think a lot of these teams are overvaluing these quarterbacks the way that their press release departments have been pushing them to be perceived. Just don't think that's the reality, man. But anyway, the draft is Thursday night. We're going to see. We'll be watching and tweeting live like we always do. And you probably noticed that it's a double drop today. We've double dropped. We've dropped our other episode of All Right Bet. 
the DWMOD show, All Right Bet, with me and your boy Andy St. Clair, giving you all kind of bets and gambling tips and, you know, just anything to help you put a little money in your pocket. If you've been following that, there's an episode of that out today, too. So if you're done with this one, jump on over there, check that one out. There's some draft bets available on there, some golf for the weekend, NBA, Major League Baseball. Kind of a tight week for gambling, man, so we're just throwing darts on that one over there. But, hey, go check it out. Always fun. And, as always, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.